I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so excited to have my next guest here. We have Olivia Landau, who is the founder and CEO of the clear cut. And if you don't know what the clear cut is, then you must not be on TikTok or Instagram very much because they are just killing it on social platforms and more. Olivia is a fourth generation diamond expert. She began the clear cut actually as a blog, an educational resource for people trying to figure out what kind of rings they're buying. And then that has expanded into so much more. But it wasn't long before she and her co-founder husband, Kyle Simon, realized the blog's potential to become much, much more. So now as the founder and CEO of The Clear Cut, Olivia leads a multi-million dollar direct-to-consumer diamond jewelry company that is revolutionizing the way consumers purchase engagement rings. And like I said, so much more than that. We will hear all about how she met her husband and co-founder, of course, Kyle, as well as their unique approach to selling diamonds through social platforms, including, as I mentioned, Instagram and TikTok. And finally, I cannot wait to speak with Olivia about her overall entrepreneurial experience and journey, some surprising lessons along the way too, and things that she has done in order to start and build and scale this incredible company called The Clear Cut. So welcome, Olivia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, super excited to meet you and have you on as well. So let's start at the beginning. I would love for you to share with our listeners in your words, what is the clear cut? So the clear cut is a direct to consumer diamond and now gemstone fine jewelry company specializing in bespoke diamond engagement rings. Very cool. And when did you start? So it's kind of funny because we have two birthdays. It's either when I started the blog, which was in 2016, or when we decided to fully launch the clear cut full time, which was in 2018. So we kind of go off of the 2018 date. What were you doing before the clear cut? I know that you had generations ahead of you who were in the diamond industry. Did you think that you were going to go in this direction or what were your thoughts? Yeah, I had grown up around the diamond and jewelry industry because uh, my parents were in the antique jewelry business and my dad's side of the family for generations were in diamond cutting and dealing. But I personally never thought I would get into the jewelry space. Um, I was always told, you know, I was going to my parents immigrated here. I was going to have a great education. And like that was something that they did because, you know, that's just what my family did. Um, but upon graduating from college, I went to NYU. I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to do as a career. Um, and I had an interest in jewelry. So I decided to extend schooling a little bit and enroll in GIA, which is the Gemological Institute of America. 
Um, they had a campus here in New York, and I was going to become a graduate gemologist, which was a six-month program to become an expert in diamonds and colored stones. And while I was there, I really unexpectedly fell in love with it. I guess it was in my blood all along. I um, not only fell in love with diamonds and gemstones, I also met my now co-founder and husband, Kyle, while I was there. Um, And then right out of school, I started working at Tiffany on the engagement floor. And that's when I found my passion in bridal jewelry and diamond engagement rings. And I wanted to get more hands-on with it. So I left Tiffany and started working in the diamond district at a large diamond wholesale company here in New York. And I learned so much there from, you know, how the industry worked from the inside and production. And Kyle was in business school at that time. And a lot of our friends and his classmates were at that age that they were starting to want to get engaged. So they'd go to him and say, hey, do you know a guy that can get me a good deal on a on a diamond ring? So I happened to be the go-to guy. I was the one working in wholesale. Um, so I'd help educate them, pick out their diamonds, create their custom rings. And through that, that's how I realized that most people didn't know the first thing about buying a diamond ring. So that's when in 2016, I decided to launch the clear cut as just an educational blog um, for our friends uh, to read about before coming to work with me. I always say that if you think too much about the end, you'll never get past the beginning. And that's what I loved when I was researching your experience that, you know, you were already helping people, you just decided to kind of write it out and really start this blog. I mean, little did you know, you would be starting the company that you ended up starting, right? You also launched the clear cut with your husband. Uh, I launched Mm -hmm. my company that I founded Hint with my husband as well. And uh, I'm so curious, what lessons would you say that you've learned? I mean, I remember early on when we were launching, people were like, oh, I could I could never work with my husband. And, you know, we worked together for, uh, for, you know, the last 17 years. And it's actually been amazing to be able to start a company and grow a family and really have not two different jobs, but a job and a brand and a company and our family to sort of grow. So I'm so curious, what are your thoughts on growing a business with your husband? Well, I think it's how often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years. 
helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is Super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Takes, you know, the right pair um, because we have very different skill sets. And I think that's the trick to it. Um, and we have a lot of respect for each other and our respective skill sets. So he, you know, he went to business school. He does all of like the accounting, the finance, like 
that kind of stuff, which I have no interest in and I'm, it's not my forte. And I handle like the product, the customer, the design, um, the social media. And that's something that he doesn't have as much experience in. So I think that's why we work so well together. We both have, you know, a common goal. Um, it's kind of romantic, like building this together. And we have, you know, our respective skill sets. So we don't step on each other's toes too much. And we have a lot of respect for each other as well. So I think that's why um, it works well. If we were kind of doing the same thing, I don't know if, you know, um, if he wanted to design a ring and I had a different um, idea of how I would like it to be designed, I don't know. We might fight a little bit more, but um, thankfully, you know, we uh, have our own kind of like lanes that we stick to. I think if you would have asked me this question 16 years ago, I probably would have, you know, said a lot of the same things that you did. And what I found over time is that we both learned each other's roles a lot and sort of mm -hmm. could almost think like, so for example, if one of us couldn't be in a meeting, we could pretty much predict what somebody would say about something like that design isn't going to work for Olivia. And I, my guess mm -hmm. is that he would be able to say that as well, that he starts to, you know, just being able to really understand somebody is a benefit, especially that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. And I mean, we do spend um, a concerning amount of time together because we work together and we live together and we socialize together. But I think we know each other so well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really easy to like be on the same page with our vision for the business and like how we want to grow. And we're usually, you know, very in sync on like big decisions. Absolutely. So what's one of the biggest surprises that you've learned since starting the clear cut? You made this decision to sell online and go beyond the blog. What was one of the early surprises when you were starting? I think, you know, the earliest surprise is when, when it was a blog and I started posting some of the designs on Instagram, um, strangers started following the account and like DMing me asking if I could create their custom rings. And through that, I realized that people are trusting a complete stranger through Instagram DMs with their life savings for this very important purchase. And that there must have been a huge white space in the market that wasn't being filled, that people just weren't recognizing that, you know, the new purchaser, like our generation of diamond purchasers for their engagement rings was very different and shopped very differently than our the previous generation. Um, they were really comfortable buying sight unseen online. They were just trying to get the most bespoke, you know, customized thing to their liking and didn't want to overpay. And they were willing to do that even like through this really like janky, sketchy method at the time. So we we're like, hey, we recognize this issue. If we could perfect the process as much as possible, then there's like a world of possibility. So that's what really um, surprised us when we started because I never, when I went to GIA, um, my I remember my professor being like, yeah, people will never buy diamond engagement rings online. And that wasn't, that was a couple of years before we started this. So things shifted really quickly. Yeah. And I think for large purchases, I mean, look at cars, for example, yeah. I, you know, they have a hard time getting people to come into a car dealership today. And I think it's mm -hmm. the same thing. I don't think that it will go away um, that people buy diamonds in stores, but I think that you've created and you and others in the industry too have really created an option for people who you know, might not live in New York City. Maybe they don't have a Tiffany in their area. What 
whatever. I think that that is definitely, you know, an option for people and and where people really trust you and see the education that you're providing more than anything. What do, uh, go ahead. I was saying exactly like if you don't live in an area with like a major diamond district or anything, but you're on Instagram or social media, you see things that you like, you know how much it should cost and you are well-educated because you're consuming all of this content. You know, you are really empowered purchaser and you're not going to settle for whatever is like locally available to you. Definitely. Are the generations before you that have been in the diamond industry, are they really surprised by what's occurring? Yeah, like completely surprised. Um, I was always told like it was a dying industry. There was no future. Um, But it's just the consumer was rapidly changing and the industry wasn't keeping up with the new consumer. Um, So my dad's always like, I have no idea like what you're doing, but it seems to be working. That's that's amazing. So the big question, what shape of diamond engagement rings do you think will be huge for 2023? So I've seen um, a huge uptick in um, antique cuts. So like old mines and old Europeans. Um, These are cuts that were hand cut before like the 1940s or 50s. No two look alike um, and they're really charming, but they're super rare. So people are really going after like things that are timeless, but unique. Um, we had a really big spike in oval shapes over the past couple of years, but I think people are more leaning towards like elongated cushion cuts or emerald cuts, um, for 2023. Super, super interesting. So what have you enjoyed the most about being an entrepreneur? I mean, you, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. I think you are in many ways an accidental entrepreneur as well. What have you enjoyed about being an entrepreneur? I think I've enjoyed learning about myself and understanding like how much I should believe in myself and how much I can push myself and how much I can accomplish. Because before starting the company, I had a lot of self-doubt and imposter syndrome. I still do. But seeing that if I really put my mind to something that I can make it happen and also like the freedom Uh, you have when having your own business. I mean, it comes with a ton of responsibility and stress, but it also comes with a lot of freedom and autonomy to kind of create your own destiny, which is really cool. I always describe entrepreneurship as building a puzzle because I think that the best entrepreneurs don't exactly know where the pieces connect, um, but they just keep trying and they keep trying different Things And I think it's especially true when you look at social media, because not as many people are selling diamonds online, right? So it's not like you have somebody to go and mimic or mm-hmm. a company to go mimic, right? You're, you're creating an entirely new strategy for how to actually get to the consumer, connect with the consumer more than anything. So how would you describe the entrepreneur journey for you too, as you sort of tackle these new platforms? Yeah, I think, you know, every day you're learning something new and growing, which I find like so exciting. Um, I think, you know, when you start the journey, you're, you're handed like a set of problems and you're trying to just make educated guesses and trying to solve that. But once you solve one problem, of course, another problem happens. Like when we first started the business, we were like, how are we going to get customers? And that was our biggest problem. Now it's like when we're scaling, how am I going to manage a team? And like, you know, that's a whole set of new skills. So I think what's great about entrepreneurship is you're constantly being challenged and you're constantly learning new skills. 
once you, you know, tackle one thing, you're presented with a whole nother set of um, things to learn and tackle. That's so, so true. So being an entrepreneur is one of the most challenging careers that I I, uh, try and share with people. It's exciting to be an entrepreneur, but every single day you have to figure out how to not stay complacent when you hit a challenging situation, but also you have to be able to be thinking on your feet and be confident in your move, etc. I'd love to hear a story when you've been building the company where maybe you faced a tough challenge that you were really trying to figure out, okay, now what do I do? I can't stay complacent. I have to make a move and, and do the right thing. And what lessons did you learn through that? Yeah, totally. Um, one um, instance I would say is um, in 2020, we were really growing very rapidly. And we had, I always, when we started the business, had a vision of creating this proprietary software, this platform where it would really streamline um, that unscalable way we've been doing things and make it in like a beautiful portal, scalable process for our remote clients and also um, create um processes in the back end that would help our team. So in early 2020, January, I remember we decided to invest heavily in creating this software. And obviously in March and April of 2020, the whole world shut down because of COVID. And uh, we manufacture everything in New York. So uh, we couldn't manufacture any pieces. We had to have orders canceled. Um, we, I think, didn't sell anything for two months, which was extremely scary. And we didn't know what was going to happen. But I felt really confident that we should still continue in investing in the build of our tech um, because I believed really heavily in remote purchases um, for this product in the future. So we stayed strong to our thesis and our belief and continue to build through the tough times. And once things started opening up again and manufacturing in New York um, was able to continue, then that was probably the best decision ever because all, you know, jewelry stores, retail stores were closed for an entire year. And we were one of the only like destinations where you could get an engagement ring um, in a time where people were locked in with their significant others, um, wanting to celebrate things, had some, you know, extra spending money a lot of times. And it ended up being um, some of our most rapid growth ever was right after, you know, the lockdown and investing in that remote technology was one of the best decisions we ever made. I love that. So sometimes, uh, you know, to look back on something that Steve Jobs said, I mean, sometimes, you know, the dots eventually connect. I mean, you're sitting during this time saying what's going to happen, but more than anything, focusing on what you can do versus what the problems are. And that's a great example of that. So a lot of people have ideas for products or services. Do you have any words of advice for others who want to start a company but are daunted by the prospect of it not working out or failing or however you want to view it? Yeah, I would say, you know, you always have that self-doubt, but I would say take it in baby steps and try and 
you know, if you're not embarrassed by your launch, you waited too long. I always think that. So, you know, I didn't just start out being like, okay, I'm going to build a direct to consumer jewelry company. I started it as a blog and then worked slowly um, to selling on the side through social media. And then it became a business when I kind of felt like there was momentum. So I think if you're not ready to quit your job or like go full time into an idea, start slow, um, do it on the side, iterate, take feedback and make it better. And I think you know, failure is just a learning lesson. Like I don't, I think failure is good. If you never fail, you'll never really learn or grow or really understand like what you're doing. So um, I wouldn't be scared of failure, but I, you have to take that first leap and make that first step to try. Absolutely. So you're a direct to consumer brand and you've grown tremendously on Instagram and TikTok. Are those two platforms significantly different for your consumer when you look at kind of how you've grown or sort of what the future is? What do you predict on both of those platforms for you as a business person? Yeah. So I'd say, obviously we started on Instagram. It was the platform um, that was there first. And that's where a lot of, you know, we were lucky. We were kind of on the tail end of like a lot of direct to consumer businesses growing on Instagram. And I think there was, it was way easier to grow than you had a lot more reach. um, And it was a great way to build our community. Uh, Now it's a little bit more stagnant. I feel like it's less organic. It's a lot more pay to play. So it's a great place to be and be established on. But I think TikTok is like definitely the new frontier. You're getting a lot more younger eyeballs on you. Um, You are being able to grow really rapidly. Like your content can go viral just by um, having great content and you can be seen by a lot of people that aren't necessarily following you. So you can be a little bit more real, a little bit more candid on TikTok as well. So it's a great place to experiment. It's also a place that um, content is, you know, being turned over so quickly. So you have to be posting like one to three times a day minimum. So it's a good place to like try things, see if they stick, if not, like move on to the next thing. But um, that's definitely a place if I was starting a business, a new business from scratch now where I would focus a lot of my attention to growth on. And do you see the millennials? That's where you're initially, that's where your your core audience, but I saw that you guys are gaining a lot of traction with Gen Z as well. I mean, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So um, obviously I'm a millennial. And when I started the business, we were selling to, you know, people in their mid to early twenties, thirties, which were all millennials. And they still make up a great deal of our engagement ring business. But we are seeing a lot more Gen Z purchasers as well. We always had the idea that the engagement ring was going to be the gateway drug into all your other fine jewelry purchases. So when you buy the engagement ring, you would get the wedding bands, push presents, anniversary gifts, so on and so forth. And that was what our collection was for. But now we're seeing a lot of Gen Z um, clients who are starting with our collection, buying gold hoops, name necklaces, things like that, and then graduating on to getting their engagement from us from knowing and loving the brand from the collection. So it's like an interesting shift, but um, I think it's great. We always want to be like servicing the new generation and being, you know, ahead of, you know, however we can technologically wise as well. I love that. And I think it's so interesting too. I think that there's a lot of people, especially millennial, your generation who are waiting to get married, right? And so, or choose not to get married um, as Mm -hmm. well. So I think it's 
really, really smart to be able to have other things that you're offering people. It'll be interesting to sort of see where uh, your audience kind of goes as well, or, or I should say expands. Yeah. And one big shift that we've seen generationally that's really different from millennials and Gen Z from, you know, the previous generation is that couples work together to get their engagement rings. They design and pick out their stones together, design their rings together. They even contribute financially together. So it's really different from past generations where, you know, in a heterosexual relationship, it'd be the man buying the ring, complete surprise. And then you'd be like, oh my God, I love whatever you get me. It's not like that at all anymore. Um, So I think we understand that and previous generations or, you know, the old school way of doing things doesn't quite understand that shift to kind of women being in charge. And we have a lot of self-purchasing women as well. That's amazing. So do you get together with people in a chat room to sort of understand their interests? Maybe? Um... Yeah. So all of our engagement clients start with an initial phone consultation. So usually it's the couple on the phone with myself or one of our gemologists understanding their preferences Um, you know, what their price point is, uh, understanding what they want to prioritize. And then we get them set up on our gem portal, which is um, the online software that we built. And we handpick a selection of loose diamonds based on what they've discussed and their preferences that we inspect in person and kind of add them in there. And we go back and forth until we find the perfect one. I love it. I love what you guys are doing and just making it that much more accessible for people to be able to figure this stuff out. And it's really, really great. So last question, what is the best advice that you've ever received? The best advice I ever received? I would say to to bet on yourself. I'm very risk adverse. And I never, like I said, never thought I would be an entrepreneur or get into this. But I think really believing and betting on yourself um, is something that I never did growing up. And I was very like insecure and shy. And from the experience of building the business, starting from the blog to what we have now, I know that I can trust myself and that, you know, I'm not scared of failure and that there are going to be curveballs and like ups and downs, but that's like part of the journey. And I think you'll never not feel like an imposter, I think, but to believe in like your own ability. I love it. So, well, thank you so much, Olivia. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and get to understand the clear cut a little bit better and everything that you've done. We'll have all the info in the show notes as well on access to the clear cut as well as you, et cetera. So thank you so much for coming on and have a great rest of the week and also a great holiday. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks all for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank all of our guests and our sponsors. And finally, our listeners, keep the great comments coming in. And one final plug, if you have not read or listened to my book, Undaunted, please do so. You will hear all about my journey, including founding, scaling, and building the company that I founded, Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks everyone for listening and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone 
who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.